Welcome to Raising Connections. I'm your host, Ray Shan Mayer. This is the program where we talk about your critters, companions, commerce, and agriculture, and all of the connections between them. Here in the state of Maryland, we have a veterinary shortage approaching us just really quickly. The people who care for our animals, small, large, and equine, are all quite in demand. This used to be something everybody wanted to do, and now it's in the top five suicide rates within the United States. This morning, the question we're asking is, where are our next generation of veterinarians going to come from, and what's happening with that? Good morning, Ryan. Could you introduce yourself? My name is Ryan Mayer. I am a junior at Teal College, located in Greenville, Pennsylvania. If you are a Carroll County graduate, how the heck did you end up way up north in Pennsylvania? Well, about three years ago, you and I had gone to the Horse Expo in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It was right before COVID hit. I was getting ready to look at colleges, and we walked down the college path, and the first college we came to was Teal. So it really was a booth there at the expo? Yeah. What was special about it? Anything? It was the riding instructor. really kind of got my attention and has really supported me since. Oh, no. Another horse girl. She's ridden horses forever. Is that true? Not entirely true. I've had horses since I was about nine years old, but I didn't start riding them until I was about 10 or 12. What role did the equines that were around you play? Apparently, when I was six months old, you were riding and you had me on top of Big John. I did. You went out early and then we stopped riding for a long time due to some medical reasons and we started again. But you're not a hunt jumper. You're not a track kid. This has been more of a relaxation and a hobby thing. Yes, it has more or less to answer to your question, I've always viewed horses as pets. For you, veterinary medicine was not a first choice. You were not a 4-H'er. A lot of times veterinarians come out of the agricultural world. You were in that agricultural world. You're here in South Carroll. You were raised on a farm. You've been around dogs and horses and cats, and you've been all part of the Mariah Bell Manor menagerie of critters. But you went off to school. You found the school because of the equines, but that wasn't your focus. What was your focus and how did you spend your summer? I had spent my summer at an internship down at Halter, which is located at Spartanburg, South Carolina. It is a therapeutic riding center, occupational therapy, physical therapy with special needs children. I really enjoyed it because it got me thinking about psychology and how much I could really help in this area. And it combined almost that pet-like quality with the psychology that you were interested in. You got to school and how did it go? Things were just starting to open up from COVID and it was a little funky. I had a little bit of a rough year. So I guess I should back up. Your junior and senior year of high school were COVID years. Yes. The first time you're five hours away from home in a college of your choice, small school, and your first semester was good. My second semester was a little rough. By Easter, you were ready to throw in the towel and almost half of your class did throw in the towel. Do you think that was because of maturity development that had not happened because of those last two years being different? I would assume so, yes. My social level wasn't as good because I pretty much was in my room all the time. I I mean, I had my schoolwork was online. I had my cat. I had my computer and I was okay. And you had your horses. They were in the barn. I had my horses and I had my puppies. That year, I really focused in on horses and taking care of them. They're my pets. You got there and almost one out of every two people you met wasn't there when you went back. Yeah, my sophomore year, 50% of my class did not come back. You had some normal things that happened. Roommates, growing, 
relationships, interactions with people from different walks of life, all those normal things that you would experience in a transition. You move away from home and you start spreading your wings and those are pretty normal. But you had gone to psychology and teal and equestrian, but you weren't on the equestrian team or you were on the equestrian team. I was on the equestrian team. I had decided to do driving lessons with an Amish folk. And these are not car driving lessons, obviously. No, these are horse driving lessons. Road driving lessons. Interesting. And the horse's name was Dewey, if I remember correctly. His registered name is Mountain Dewey, and he is a standard bred stallion. So the second semester, you're still in psychology. The struggle's getting real. You're beginning to question at Easter whether you want to return to college. And what happened? I had started to talk to the Amish guy that I was doing my driving lessons with. At the time, I didn't quite want to do psychology anymore, and I didn't really know what to really do. Was he the one that opened up the door into veterinary medicine? Yes. The Amish community has a very different view of veterinary medicine than the English community has. It's more of a homespun veterinary medicine. And he was the first one to introduce you into the world of, oh my gosh, I might want to take care of horses for a living. How did you make that jump from psychology? And there you would thought nursing and you came home and I know this isn't always comfortable and it takes a lot of strength to say it, but you came home and we all had a conversation about, do you still want to continue in college? And you had spent a lot of time out on the Amish farms with the Amish folks. How did that play in the decision whether you would go back or not? Well, being out with the Amish folks, I was doing a lot of the things that I would do here, such as canning, such as taking care of the barn. It really saved me because I would be able to get off of campus for a little bit. And that connection with your agricultural roots, it wasn't a religious organization. It was just some homespun community, that richness of community. We often talk about here on Raising Connections that helps you through it. So you opted to go back, but you had changed your major. And at that point, it still wasn't veterinary science. It was nursing. Yes. And then after nursing, it was kind of undecided for a little bit. I knew I wanted to do horses, but I didn't know what. That summer, we went to HHRF up in Chagrin Falls, Pennsylvania. And HHRF was something that you learned about at your Halter internship between your high school and your first year of college. Humans and Horses Research Foundation, Pebbles Turnbull and Nancy Pascal. Yes. We were at the HHRF conference and Nancy Pascal had asked me to go talk to a veterinarian who had sadly passed away this year. He will be greatly missed. His name was Mark Christman and I had talked to him while I was at the HHRF conference and he told me, If you want to go to vet school, do it now. And I swear that was the greatest advice I'd ever been given. At that moment, you were thinking, okay, I'm going to go do this. Mark Crispin was not only a professor at Virginia Tech, but also worked for Zoetis and just an all-around wonderful guy. We lost him to an ATV, injury sustained from an ATV accident this year. What, What a horrible loss. Mark Crispin says to you, if you want to do it, go do it. So what did you do? So coming to my sophomore year in college, I decided to go do a job shadow at the Cleveland Equine Clinic over in Ravenna, Ohio, which is about an hour and 15 minutes from my school. And believe it or not, I did not tell you or dad because I was terrified that I would be getting, you're going to grow up and be just like your mother. Oh, no, (laughs) not that. I don't think you're alone in that. I think there's a lot of folks. I remember as a kid, I didn't want to tell my folks what I was doing because not that I was doing anything bad, but would they approve? And I knew you and dad would approve. 
practically I thought it was a long time coming. I think everyone knew that it was a long time coming. Everyone knew that I'd been wanting to become a vet before I knew. And I got a lot of I told you so's. That happens. So you're in your sophomore year, you're riding out from the Cleveland Clinic. And what did you learn in that internship that made the light bulbs just go on? Just being able to ride out with them, learn what they've been up to, learn how the vets got to where they are at now and the different kinds of cases that they see every single day. Maybe somebody who doesn't know what veterinary medicine is like on large animals or with equines. What do you mean ride out? So what I mean by ride out with the vet is literally go in the passenger seat, their truck. The large animal and the equine vets are still making house calls. Yes. If you don't have a clinic and you are a solo practice or you are a solo practitioner, that's how you do it is you physically make house calls. How large is the area that you would cover? Practically the whole state of Ohio. So Ravenna, Ohio is in the northeast of Ohio. And there was this one call that I had made my first day of Cleveland Equine Clinic. We were literally on the state line road between Ohio and Indiana. From where we were, I was literally a half hour from my grandparents, my aunt and uncle's house. So that's five hours from college. And so you were at three and a half hours away from the Cleveland Clinic making calls. So that's a good 150 mile radius to make a house call. Yes. I bet you had a lot of time in there to talk and work things through. Your sophomore year of college, riding out for the Cleveland Equine Clinic, that's a major equine institution. What did you learn? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you did. What are the top three things that you learned? How the vets became who they are now, the different lifestyles that the vets have, and the amount of hours that they cover. I had to be at the clinic at 8.30 in the morning because it was an hour and 15 minutes from my school. I had to leave at 6 a.m. In order to get breakfast and all of that, I had to leave really early. So I, I learned the lifestyle. and We'd leave at 8.30, get back to the clinic by about 7 or 8. So it was a 12-hour day. Yeah, it's between a 12 to a 15-hour day. And did that deter you? No, not at all. Did you value the time that you were riding out in the truck making those house calls with the folks? Yeah. They also had vet techs with them, and I got to learn about the vet techs that were with the vets as well. Learn their story. Learn how did you find Cleveland Equine. I mean, I'm interviewing them as much as they're interviewing me. So that semester passed. You learned a lot about riding out in the lifestyle. Did it make it a difference in your grade? Because you had had a rough semester going in. And the school did not set this up for you. This was something that you went back on Mark Christman and Nancy Pascal's advice and did. Yes, I did this all on my lonesome. And to answer your question, it did have a huge impact on my grades. I was getting all A's and B's. And I was very proud of myself. So it really made an engagement for you. Yes, because I got to dip my toe a little bit into what my future was going to look like. Second semester, Christmas, you came home, you made the big announcement that, oh my gosh, you think you want to go into vet school. And you get their general parental answer of vet school is hard to get into the med school because there's fewer veterinary schools. And oh my gosh, the suicide rate is really high. And you said, bring it on. And what happened second semester? Second semester, when I first got back to school, I did a couple of job shadows for about three and a half months at a small animal practice. That is literally, you know the saying, down the street and around the corner. So going from large animal to small animal job shadow in your second semester had to almost be culture shock. It was. Were you Uh, expecting that? No, to begin with. Okay, because you went in thinking just veterinary. Yes. I didn't honestly know what I really wanted to do in veterinary. All I knew is I wanted to go in. I had done small animal job shadows, and that was a really big culture shock because I would be there two days out of the week 
and we would be putting down an average of about 12 animals a day. That's a lot of death. Yes, it really was a lot of death. Were you expecting that? Honestly, no. Christmas time, we had some conversations about from your parents, your dad and I being in the medical world at one point and then operating the kennel and clinical trials and our backgrounds, I know that you were familiar with the amount of suicide rates among clinicians and medical folks and first responders because you've listened to Raising Connections all the 14 years that we've been on the air. Yep. But did you put the, together the connection of veterinaries committing suicide in one of the top five highest professions? I did not, but I had also done a little bit of research on my own. Yes, it is veterinaries, but it's more of the small animal veterinaries than it is the large animal veterinaries. Did you find that the owners of the practice and the folks that ran the practice really worked together to help people mentally go through the euthanasia pieces? Yes. What did you find that shocked you the most? Honestly, I had never seen a euthanasia before. It was eye-opening for me. And during this whole thing, you were working at a shelter and volunteering a job shadowing. Because it wasn't a volunteer job, it was a job shadow at the clinic. And you learned a lot about the social implications of what a veteran needs to do and the professional side of medicine. Yes. So you had run into animals that you had cared for at the shelter, and then they were adopted out and you didn't see them, and then they came into the practice. Tell me about that. It was very interesting because I would be going into the small animal room, and a lot of them would be the cats that I saw. And I would go in, and the first thing that I would say is, oh my gosh, hey, look, there's Clancy. And the owner of the practice, I was job shadowing that day, and he was in shock that I knew who the cat was. And did they give you any professional advice? They did. So I had accidentally had said something earlier of, did you have a dog named this? Did you have a cat named this? And they would be like, no, but I have a dog or a cat named something else. And I had gotten some advice of don't say that because it will really offend the owner. So you're also being groomed for how to be a professional in the practice. And then the semester starts winding down. And you are working not only with the small animal, but also a mixed practice veterinary. And on the middle of all this, you're still taking driving lessons and your grades are just soaring because you're engaged. Yes. So I had actually had met a mixed animal vet at the small animal practice. I didn't know that she was a mixed animal vet until she would tell me about her llamas and her goats and the cows and the horses. And I made the fact of, wait a minute, you're a vet. Are you a mixed animal vet? And she looks at me and she says, yes. So she had asked me if I wanted to go job shadow her on a Saturday. I had to come back early from spring break so I could get up in the morning and I could go to pull blood and test tuberculosis on a deer farm. So testing the deer for tuberculosis and giving rabies vaccinations. So the previous year at the Easter break, spring break, you were ready to just throw in the towel, never do this again. I am completely done. I don't think I want to finish school to, I want to go back early because I found my thing. When we come back, let's continue this conversation. So you're back, you're really thriving, everything's going really well, you're getting towards the end of the semester, and you've had some professional learning moments, you've had some personal learning moments. You've had some real success with all kinds of different things. And the community that you found the second semester was very similar to the Amish community culture that you found first year. What happened? I had been job shadowing at the small animal clinic for about three months. And after Easter break, I had about three weeks left. Like I was still job shadowing. I was still 
leaving class and being at the clinic at one and leaving the clinic at six or seven. My choir concert had come up and I had asked, I said, would you like to come see my choir concert? I wouldn't be able to job shadow that day because I would have a choir concert by the time that it would be getting ready to start. And I had both the mixed animal vet and the owner of the practice and his family come see me at my choir concert. The mixed animal vet was on call because, yes, she is a solo, technically a solo practitioner, and she had a colic. So she was unable to come. So she was both there and gone. But she did text me and say, I was actually on my way. I had a colic I needed to go to. And I Welcome t- to the life as a veterinary. I told her, I said, go ahead and go. I hope the horse or the animal is okay. And so what you ended up seeing was the social, we talked about the COVID pieces and how so many people were leaving college and the social maturity and some of the things, you know, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll that go on with your first year away from home and in a different environment and exploring some of those freedoms. And whether it was you or whether it was the roommates, there was roommate problems, there were relationship problems with roommates, lots of growing and changing and social pieces that go into learning how to be an adult. Was it's so important that the Amish community group and the veterinary community group came to support you and you were the vector to help the family of the veterinary see college through your eyes as opposed to, this is what mom and dad say. And he had the opportunity to bring his family and his children and say, look, this can be what Teal is like. This is what things can be. Yes. Did it make a difference for you having found your social connections outside of the college community? Honestly, yes, because it made it being at Teal a little bit easier because I would go out in Mount Air and be like, oh, how's the kennel? How's this? How's that? And I would go to a grocery store and get that. Whereas up at school, I would go to the grocery store and not have anyone talk to me. And to be honest, I kind of miss having that oh, how are you? How's the kennel? How's this? I mean, yeah, you would run down the street to Walmart and you would run into Teal students, but it wasn't just the other students that would be there. It would more or less be the adults. And so you found yourself more comfortable in the adult community and the professional community. It was during this time that your equestrian instructor and your driving instructor all caught on to what you were doing and what your plans were for your summer, which you're just finishing now. And they hooked you up with an internship and you hooked yourself up with an internship. Tell us about this and how it's made a difference or has it made a difference? So we do, as all the listeners know, we do have horses. I have an internship, so I'm job shadowing slash being an intern with our personal equine vet. And so are you, again, riding out, getting in the truck and doing this, or is it a clinic situation where they're coming to you? I'm physically riding out and going into the truck and doing this. So you've done some of these in Pennsylvania. You're now back in Maryland. You've been over in Ohio. So you've been in multiple states doing multiple ride-alongs. What did you learn? What's different? Well, here in Maryland, first of all, you can throw a rock and hit someone in the equine industry. And the calls are within 30 to 45 minutes of each other, which actually is better than driving three, four, five hours just to go to one call. So you feel more efficient? You can get more done. 
but my personal vet, she had told me to get some experience at school with other vets before I came to her. Sounds reasonable. Next summer, I was doing with, sorry Robin, with job shadowing the mixed animal vet and at the deer farm testing tuberculosis and giving the deer the rabies shots and vaccinations, I was actually able to meet the region state vet of Pennsylvania. Interesting. And I'll be having an internship next summer with the region state vet. So I have to ask this, job shadows. Outside of you getting personal experience, What's the point of a job shadow? Why is this something that's really important? So to answer that question, it's not only is it the experience to answer this, is this job what you really want to do in your future? And to be honest, the answer is do it. So you've got all this job shadow going on, but in the middle of all of this, you have been, so some of the social things at school just were a little different, a little off. And we've said that before with roommate situations, but you found something that you didn't want to join because of some of the social situations. You were participating with a particular group and how did that turn out? So the particular group that you were talking about is Circle K. It is a service organization. It's kind of like what you see, like Project Linus. In the adult world, it's the Kiwanis. And this goes with some things that you had done while you were in high school. Yes. On my own time, I had been helping out with this club, but I was not in the club. I was doing it on my own time. I would pitch in here and there and I would help. And the president of the club at my school, she knew that I was helping and she's one of my personal friends. And she flat out told me, she goes, you're joining. I've noticed that you've been here and I've noticed that you've been helping on your own time, but you are in this club now. And what did that lead to? So it brought out what in you? It brought out the passion because in veterinary school, another thing that they're looking for is the amount of service that you have. So the veterinary schools are saying we have a high suicide rate. We have people who need to be in service. We have community need. And so we need you to be a leader and also a medical profession within your community. Yes. Did you realize you had leadership skills? No, until this spring. I joined Circle K and I went to the district convention here in Lancaster, PA. I am now the lieutenant governor of the district board of Pennsylvania for Circle K. What's been your greatest success and your greatest frustration with Circle K? Greatest success is actually being on the board and getting to work on a board. That's a huge thing. There's a lot of boards that adults serve on and how to do that is important. And both my parents are on boards and I would say one of the greatest frustrations is people not answering their phones. It drives me insane. So it's a situation where you have a lot of folks who are ready to go, and yet the leadership at the larger levels may be not ready to receive. Right. So getting those pieces put together and moving it forward is one of the goals for this year. Can you see your future at this point? And how is the number of hours that you're being required currently playing into vet school? Uh, To answer your first question, absolutely. I can see it. With riding out with the equine vet, this is what I want to do. I want to become an equine vet. Now the hours, on the other hand, to be able to get into vet school, you need to have a certain amount of hours. What kind of hours? The amount of job shadow hours, as well as the amount of volunteer hours. It varies between different schools, but they would require more job shadow hours than anything else. 
Are you finding that with these job shadow hours, the veterinary schools are asking, or do you think that this is a way for veterinary schools to get folks in and build that community, get that support going, much like you found at the small animal and the Amish community and the mixed practice where there is a community, your internship this summer, there is a veterinary community that once you commit to this lifestyle and you see it and you lived it and you've touched it and you felt it, that it will make you more successful in college and maybe help people that thought they wanted to be a vet, they have this experience and they're saying, no, I don't want to do this? I would say absolutely. I have this particular friend that wants nothing to do with horses. They would rather deal with everything but horses. So they want to deal with swine, pigs, goats, steer, sheep. So well, to be honest, I've done all of that. I don't want to deal with either one of them. I'd rather deal with them with horses. <laughs> So you think this is a way for veterinary schools and the veterinary community to support and build up those relationships with the up and coming next generation, because we do have that shortage and we need those people to go forward. And it is a tough curriculum. So the job shadow hours are a way to keep young folks engaged and ready to move forward into their profession, but yet supported. Because I happen to remember you studying for exams with the veterinarians at the small animal practice, and they helped you make sure that your anatomy and physiology classes. Yes. So building a community, building that professionalism and having the professionals in the industry, having an interest in those people who are not even in veterinary school yet, but those folks coming in through the ranks and maybe seeing someone struggle and going, is this what you want? Is this really not what you want? This is the lifestyle and that openness and that honesty and that trust to build community with the next generation coming forward. I also have noticed since I have been with an equine vet, I have met four other equine vets that my equine vet helps cover. And they had a meeting a couple weeks ago, knowing the amount of hours that they do, knowing the amount of crap that they put up with with different horse people, all of them looked at me at the end of the meeting and asked, is this what you want to do? And I looked at all of them and said, yes. There's number of hours that you're putting in and the requirement for the veterinary schools to pour those number of hours, building that next generation, making sure that our animals are cared for in the next 40 years, that next career round. What a community and a connection to pass it forward. Brandon, we'll be watching you as you continue to grow and tracking your progress. Thanks for joining us and thank you for listening. If you should have any questions, feel free to contact us at hello at raisingconnections.com. Make some connections. We'll see you here next week on Raising Connections.